Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Haywood turnip seed season, so I know how that can be. Um, did, uh, do, you're just coming back from mom's house. How's mom doing? Uh, I think her kicked her down the stairs. She's okay. She'll probably go to the hospital when she's. Well, it's damn, Jeremy. It's like she's married again. Jeez. Um. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Quality Time. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth. I'm joined by my blood, my brother, Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? Uh, uh, it's a nice day, and um, at least we're inside, and the night's and cold and damp and wet. Jeremy's had enough of the outdoors. He can't take it anymore. Ooh, might as well. My sores will start dying. Ugh. I don't know. They haven't yet. I I have. I'm taking the sores in uh in nine in round nine. Um, we're also joined by the lovely, very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm good, Daddy. We are all back here once again to bring you our, our love of cinema and to give you a window into our lives once again. I would like to start off the show though by sharing a text message that I got from Jeremy the other day. Jeremy texted me and said, holy shit, listening to my aphasia in January is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so, Jerry, you've been listening back to old quality time episodes, yes? And hearing how you talked back uh, like four months ago? Yeah, my uh, also my, my, my aphasia, like... Uh, you know the band Asia. <laughs> it is the heat of the moment. <laughs> I like aphasia, so it's good. Mm, I like Fantasia. It's funny that you picked it out, Jeremy. We and the listeners barely noticed when you came back. <laughs> we thought there was almost no change. I don't have to wear the helmet anymore. <laughs> but you should wear one. I think. Yeah, I'm bl- plus I can fight better. You know, so. <laughs> like when I ran into walls and stuff. That is that is true. But I will say, Jeremy, in the last couple of weeks, you have improved from, you know, as for new listeners who might be tuning in for the first time, my sweet brother Jeremy, co-host of the show, suffered a stroke back in November of last year. Right next to my birthday. Right next to his birthday. Spent his birthday in the hospital. Got to watch him have seizures there. Get tubes shoved down his throat. Watch catheters get stuck in his pee paw. All types of fun stuff. And also, also, I think my brother choked me out. That's why I had the seizure. Yeah, 
a seizure. <laughs> I did not. I only reserved that for our youngest of the clan, Amelia. Thank I was, you. I was going to say, Jeremy, why in the world would we believe Eric would leave you alive? <laughs> <laughs> I would. I I would end it nicely for you, Jeremy. The best um, part is at the hospital when he uh, he took that fountain and crashed it through the window and just ran out of the building. We we should have given you Radex, Jeremy, and maybe it would have made you stronger. <laughs> I do have I do have Radex that could make you smarter, Jeremy. You're like um, Popeye. We just give you a can of Radex, and you get giant tumors in your arm. <laughs> Popeye, the Gaylord man. Um, I want to I want to be I want to be famous enough so that when I die and you crash a giant sink through the window. Christopher Lloyd will just go, yeah, yeah. Because Christopher Lloyd will be there cheering me on my death. You are not Native American enough, unless you start identifying as one, in which case then we can talk. I might be 196th. <laughs> 196. He's he's 196th Jeep Cherokee, everyone. What if, what if, what if I kissed an Indian once? Um, that counts. That counts. If you kiss the robot from uh, Short Circuit, that actually makes you Indian. I've also talked to Indians on the phone. I can't believe that I'm saying this, but Jeremy is the Elizabeth Warren of quality time. <laughs> Chief Elizabeth Warren in the house. Good I think, God. I think I've gone to college. Well, that's good. That's good. Um. Well, we're happy to have you back. How's mom doing? I know that today we're recording this on Mother's Day. Jeremy saw our sweet mother, so we're doing it a little bit later in the day. Uh, you also sent me a video of our mother talking about our sweet Uncle Jeffrey, who uh, sent he sent me a, she sent me a video. Jeremy sent me a video of our mother talking about how Jeffrey has been making models for our other uncle Buddy and giving him the models with a a full written manifesto of how you should care for them after learning. You're like, listen, when you get it home, you better get a feather duster. Only use a feather duster. There's exactly two things wrong with it. The kickstand's a little bit all skew. I also had to put a toothpick over to put this one thing together or whatever. And it was very, it was a heartfelt moment. Um, Jeremy said that in this video, he would he's thinking about buying him more models to just harass people with to give them rules on what to do with them. Um, are you? Do you think you're going to follow through with this, Jeremy? Uh, I don't. I don't care what model I can find. I'm going to find every model I can. So and just send it to to sweet Uncle Jeff. Best thing is he can he can do models, but he can't keep them because he has like a little one bedroom probably. A bunk bed or something where he lives. Well, I can't keep these models. I'll, I'll have to give them to my brother Bud. I feel like one thing we have to do before before this show ends, not this particular show. I mean, in general, when Jeremy kicks the bucket, we have to hit. We have to have sweet Uncle Jeffrey as a guest on the show. I feel like the listeners deserve a little bit of of Jeffrey. I'm ready. I'm ready for. Uh... 
Kenny uh, Strangle Chef to do his own Jeffrey impersonation. Yeah. You, so Kenny, yeah, apparently Kenny, a fan of the show. Shout outs, Kenny. Very nice gentleman. I've, I've, I, he messages me. I saw his meats that he's been cooking. They look really great. Send me some brisket, Holmes. But uh, I, I send up a message like every five minutes now. Yeah. You think you're stalking Jeremy? He's stalking you. You think you're the predator? You're the prey, pal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't wait to get to see what he looks like from from afar. <laughs> Jeremy is pulling the full Lee. He was just like, "We love Lee so much, man. He's the best fan of the whole world." I get like with a good enough um, binoculars, I can see his reaction of 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 listening to the podcast. I made, I, uh, Kenny. I made this uh, effigy of you out of my pubis and skin. <laughs> I hope that you, I hope that you can take it with. I hope that you can put it next to the others that I've sent you that you haven't taken <laughs> pictures of. But uh, soon we'll be a family. All together as one. All together as one. Apparently, he, he gets a message to uh, Justin. He's like, run. <laughs> run. <laughs> so speaking of, uh, speaking of running, uh, Ash... I don't have time to, to stalk Kenny when I can stalk Justin all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so... Earlier this week, I got I had the privilege and the joy to go to our co-host show, Miss Ashley Pontius, who happened to be performing at the Carroll Arts Center uh, in uh, Sweet Carroll County, where I live. And uh, she and Tommy Simbazo and a comedian named Christian were all supposed to be on the show. And I I'm there in support. I'm in a support fashion. Went to go get some real low quality chicken tenders before I rolled over there with the sweet Dave Edwin to help build my basement, another friend of the show. And I show up there. Um, by the way, great show, lightly attended. I'll admit lightly attended, not anybody's fault. I always find it's hard to do a show in the summertime as it is. Um, but I show up and all of a sudden I am thrust into working <laughs> the second I show up and which was very odd because um, and you and me, Ashley, you and I had a bet of like, what the fuck is going on with this Christian guy um, oh, yeah. who's not showing up to the show? And I want to be I want it to be noted that my guess was correct that he had the wrong date, even up until the eighth, the 11th hour of this fucking thing. It was awkward, right? Well, yeah, I mean, Tommy's concern was that, like, we're very proud for Christian that he's now getting ready to headline some very big, mm -hmm. big venues in the last year since we've seen him. Um, so Tommy was, like, concerned. Excuse me? Tommy and I were concerned, uh, or Tommy was concerned that, like, did he not want to hurt Tommy's feelings but felt like he was too good for us now uh thought it was like hosting was beneath him which I said there's no way that's what it is I said I just did a defunct Perkins with him and he was there so there's no way he's not showing up to this show um but yeah he did he did finally message because Tommy was like hey not to be a dick but uh I have Eric Woodworth hosting and you could tell that Christian was trying to be nice about it. He goes, I get it. I understand that you two are close. Yeah. Is what his but by the way, said. he sends this message at 7.59 when the show's supposed to start at 8, right? Like, no, 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 Eric. He sent it at 9 p.m. after the show. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so, just, so that's what this so is then, post oh, show. Okay. Oh, Jeremy's working again. Yay. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy is now playing a flute right now oh. for no reason. I don't know why. Oh, because because it's been it's been thirty six seconds since we've given him attention. Um, I love it. <laughs> um, but so so then finally, like we get a little more personal, and Tommy's just like, "Hey, I I don't know what happened. I I hope you're okay." And Christian goes, what do you mean? The show was tonight. Like, I don't know why you didn't show up. And he goes, I have it as May 23rd on my calendar. (laughs) Ah, so which was my prediction. I said, I was like, I bet you he thinks it's a different date for sure. Ah, God bless Eric. You were right about something. Woo! (laughs) Every other thing. 67. Yeah, no, it's not has nothing to do with Star Wars. But Jeremy, let us take us through your crippled mind and t- tell us how it is related. I thought it was the first uh, day of Star Wars. It was May twenty third. Star Wars celebration. The, I mean, May the fourth is one, but not. I'm good. Oh, not um, a fake holiday. It might as well be four twenty. Come on, what, uh, Jeremy. We no. Uh, me and your co-host are just flabbergasted at what you could be but, talking you know, about. Jabba did have a big hookah, the giant, giant, um, the giant bowl to smoke. Well, luckily, Charlotte has been clean for months now. Anyway, Ashley, the show went great, and we had a very fun time. I uh, I, I, I thought the show overall went good. Did you have a good time? I mean, I, I did. I, I am, just, like, disappointed that we didn't have a much better turnout, um, especially since we were at a nice venue. Yeah. Also, I had, a, I had a rough week of just running all over the place so it would have been new job nice. new everything for you this week you know yeah but but it's okay because i got paid anyways so i Woo-hoo! guess i don't give a shit oh you know what else you know who did come fan uh friend of my last year as well as uh regular listener dave dennis did show up he was sitting up front row and uh oh. caught the show did you get to meet dave dennis in and all the the mall of everything i should have no. i should have walked you up i did a lot of crowd work with dave dennis i was like I was talking about how many people were here. I was just like, I was just like, there's 20 of you here. I know one of them. It's that guy. It's Dave Dennis. Everyone look at him. And I pointed him out in the crowd. He went, hey, it's me. Wasn't Dave Dennis where where we were at his house? We did go there for the, uh, for the Dork Dynasty um, arcade thing. Yes. He's got got good woods to hide in around his house. He does. And, and uh, Dave Dennis, that is uh, code for buy a high-powered rifle because Jeremy has been climbing your trees and looking in through your window with binoculars. Uh, well, you know, if, if 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 his arcade is open, like, on by accident, I might have been playing Doug Doug in the middle of the night. <laughs> the, the, if, you, if you see a red dragon symbol carved into your tree about 20 foot up and a, uh, and a, at what looks like somebody sprinkled uh, 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 powdered sugar around there, that, is, that means your house has been marked. Uh, see this picture? Coming. This means Doug Doug. Look at, look at this. You see Dig Doug now? Do you see him inflated? He is now changed. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, <laughs> see him before? He is digging in the dirt. Now a rock is dro- just dropped on him do you see <laughs> and you now you'll set you on fire <laughs> that, wheel that is that is it the wheelchair that'll wheel you to your certain doom now um 
Ashley, you had mentioned you had a, a show last night, yes? Yeah, I had a show um, in Harrisburg. Uh, people may remember this would have been the same booker, uh, same area from a few years ago when I took that giant 400 milligram edible. Oh, yeah, in the archives where things didn't go well. You know, I, I think I mentioned this the last time. Do you know? One time I did a show at Ampieri's, okay? This was where Jeremy used to live. Um, and I I got, I got took this edible because I was feeling a little down. I was like, I'm not going to drink tonight. But you know what? I'll do a little edible and maybe I'll feel good. And I took the corner out of this fucking Rice Krispie treat and I got so high that I had to call Jeremy to drive me home. I do. And I bombed story. really fucking hard. And Jeremy has never stopped judging me since that day. <laughs> But you go up there. It's a place you've done edibles. This is a redemption song for an Ashley Pontius. Well, I've worked with him since then. No, okay. that's not. Yeah. Um, but so we were at a slightly different area. I guess there's an abandoned Catholic high school that has now been turned into a community garden of sorts. And we were doing outdoor comedy, which mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, it was good weather. <laughs> Everything. Um, it's just the, the stage you've set, Ashley. The stage you've set right yeah. now. Nothing says this is going to be a good show. It's an abandoned <laughs> monastery, and it's outdoor. It, is there a musical band that opens up for everybody first? Please tell me. No, no. There's a DJ who I like working <laughs> yeah. with every time. I, no, there's a guy who's actually good, though. But like every time I'm there, okay. he does our intro. He's cool as shit. I love him, though. Um, but there are vendors that I remember from the first time. I was there. Wait a minute. Why why are you winking during vendors? Are these not vendors? Are you Eric, talking- they're vendors. Oh, they're selling okay, drugs. Got it. All right, cool, cool, tight, tight. Um do our listeners yes. can hear that. Uh, they're fine. And by drugs we mean puppies on the illegal market that are filled with heroin. Is that is that yeah. a is that a certain uh, comedian that does all the shows? I won't name his name. Oh, you mean one of Eric's friends? No. <laughs> So, um, so anyway, there's there's vendors there. Leblay. What? Never mind. Sorry, I don't no idea. Okay. Um, so, uh, probably like maybe after the first or second comedian, uh, the cops show up. Oh shit! And I'm not really thinking about it at the time until everyone starts coming near me and they go, "Hey, be real cool." Oh, that person. I see you, Jeremy. No. Ugh, no. no. Um, so. Also, the the fact that when we mentioned that, that's who sh- that's who Jeremy thinks the kingpin of this could be. <laughs> no interest. Ugh. If that if I knew that person was gonna be on the show mixing with everything else, I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'd um, be like, oh, okay. Um <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh n- nah, I'm gonna namaste away from that venue. Um <laughs> Uh, kids, did you? <laughs> that was good. That would hit my heart. <laughs> uh, just man, that night just went up in a blaze. Um. So, anyways, so um, they come over to me. A few people are like, "Hey, hey, do you see what's going on? You need to be real cool." And I look at them in their eyes, and I said. What about me? Seems cool to you. You're in trouble. Um, yeah. But but then the booker, who's a friend, obviously, I think we're friendly. He comes over to me and he says, hey, can you do me a favor? 
I go, sure. He's like, you're the only white person here. <laughs> Can you go talk to them? <laughs> and I'm like, so you sure. get oh, okay. So before before you go talk to the police here, can I just state a couple things? Sure. Um, one, can I tell? I, and I, I've been in this situation on one or two times. How excited are you when the cops show up and you know a you're sober, right? Mm-hmm. Like for the most part, and mm-hmm. be I haven't had anything, and you haven't had anything, and like the cops show up and you go. The relief, the stress level yeah. goes from like here to like there, oh, yeah. like instantly. Like, so you're in like, like, I'm good. I'm, I'm good aware right that now. I'm the only person walking away from this block party. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me, officer. Have you seen the color of my skin? I'll be leaving now. <laughs> well, well, so I walk, so I walk over and I'm like, hi, former federal worker for the military. How are you? <laughs> How's it going? My name is Becky. <laughs> I like Becky is a God. You go, you go full on, full on oh, right there. Full on. I'm like, oh my God, you know, great vendors, you know, mm-hmm. baked goods, stuff we got from Hobby Lobby. Yeah. That we, you know, <laughs> you didn't go, yo, what's up? My name's TT. I hate the police. <laughs> you <rolled up. laughs> Eric, this isn't Baltimore. Um, so, so they kind of like shoe shoe away um which here's what's really funny they were harassing one vendor who's uh had a name in uh their business name had the word edibles in it okay but the, be- but the best part is they were the only vendor that did no such thing they just made pastries <laughs> it's just so that's good. good that's the, hey listen if you're setting up an event like this then that's the best way to do it you gotta have yeah. the per- thing that's called that's called 420 edibles be like just a place where you're just like well my mother died on 420 it's a very important holiday to me as well as Hitler yeah. and we make German how they, delicacies how did they put all the THC into all the flowers and melon balls and stuff <laughs> Well, so so when I got up, Jeremy, it was my turn to finally perform right after that happened. I got up there and I loudly, because again, we're in a neighborhood, like you could hear us. And I got up there and I go, how dare those cops harass us? Jokes on them. I'm high on PCP. Uh, <laughs> but then I said, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Look at me. The only PCP I know is primary care physician. <laughs> I'm adorable. Very but no, nice. it was it was great. The crowd was too stoned to give a shit, which happens every time I do that show. But I'm like, whatever. We even had people that paid, and that was an expensive show. Yeah. Um, we had people that paid and did not come, which is hilarious. I've never been rich enough to pay for something and not show up. But mm. okay. Well, wait till you hit 40. You pay a lot and don't come. It's great. Um, so, Ashley. That's just Eric. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, what's up? I also like the idea of like I guess this is probably this is probably a white privilege, if I'm being honest. I can never I couldn't imagine a situation that I'm in where I'm like, Ashley, you go talk to the cops. <laughs> I don't see it in my I just don't see it in my head, like how how it goes, like <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I think Eric just doesn't appreciate that I have a whole life outside of this podcast that he knows nothing about. 
Um, I do have I do have one last story before we get into our movie tonight, if you guys don't mind. So if you'll indulge me. Um, so you guys have seen like my haircut. I've been rocking this now for a couple months, right? Got mm-hmm. real long up top, right? I kind of like slick it back, maybe sometimes to the side, tight on the sides. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. It's what I've been rocking for a while. It is what it is, right? So for uh, on Friday, I, I come in and I, I did radio. I did ninety eight rock uh, with Scott Reardon and Josh Spiegel, and it, it was a fun time. And I remember Scott Reardon complimenting me like genuinely complimenting he's like hey man you got a nice haircut and i was like oh thank you i really like, appreciate it you know it's a real simple one he was like what do you do to it i was like honestly fucking nothing it's just long and i fucking i shampoo once a once a week i condition every day and i just swoop it over or back and that's that's all i do and otherwise it's just tight on the sides i, I enjoy it. it seems to work for me and he was very he's very intrigued by it okay today breaking news this is breaking news, okay? I'm going to share with you your screen. Scott Reardon posted a picture today. They went to the barbershop. I'm going to go share this for you right now. Here we go. What does that look like? Would you say that's, uh, would you say that's Eric Woodworth's haircut on a Scott Reardon head right now? Um, his quaff is almost as big as your ego. <laughs> Sean, isn't that Sean L? <laughs> is that, am I, is this egotistical? Well, he asked me questions about my haircut. He complimented me and now he shows up with the haircut that I have, right? This is it. Yes, Eric, he definitely went to his barber and he's like, please give me the local 40 year old comedian. <laughs> hey, 39. Till the end of does that, does that mean you guys are end. like twins now? Uh yeah, I yeah, mean, like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep, and they're twins. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna be hurt by your answer. Which one are you saying is Danny? Why would you ask? What Eric's like pound <laughs> lighter, ten pounds heavier. Listen, Danny DeVito can't bench more than Arnold. I clearly, I have to be Arnold. I have to be right. How much crack have you been smoking? Very like, little. No, I mean, none, because look how big I am. <laughs> I'd be, I I'd be go, slimmer. <laughs> I, I can go back to 350, and that'd take me like 10 days. Oh, God. I mean, that would be so wait a minute, I'm, stroke. You, so wait a minute, Ashley, you're saying I'm Danny DeVito and he's Arnold? I don't know. I think I think I'm 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 handsomer than I this think man, I'm in shock sure. that we're having this conversation. <laughs> Can can I can I touch touch uh, mm. Scott's um, uh, sides and see how how big he is? Can I touch him? And... He is kind of a chon- he's a chunky boy, but he ain't chunky as me. I'll give him that. Well, I, I do want to touch him though. I could beat him in a foot race though. I'm sure of that. Well, man, we I need we need a fifth podcast. Oh, I also where we just discuss ninety eight. <laughs> I do. I also do need to mention this. This is an important thing. I. Uh, Friday night before I uh, I went to bed, uh, you know, I'd had a couple before I go to pass out or whatever. And I I worked out when I got home and I was doing some sprint work. I was feeling fast. I was feeling like my old self. I was moving pretty good. Because every once in a while I like to get a good like sprint workout where I work on my footwork. And I thought about it and I sent out this text message f- full on drunkenness. And I said to everyone in DLP, 
you know what it's everyone quality time too because i'm not worried about either of you either um i could i you both apply to this i said i could beat right everybody in my circle in a 40-yard dash truly i everybody every single person and i said the only person that worried me is maybe sean gabbard and it sparked maybe 50 text messages when i woke up of like this and that and that and but nothing saying like definitively that you could that they could do it but i i think i could and <laughs> listen i th- i'm a i'm fast for a big guy i think i could smoke all of them i really do i really do guess that's it you were in, you were in a more to come. Yeah. i was i was because i don't think there's anybody like justin works out but he can't he's not fast though he doesn't run i'm gonna smoke that guy in 40 yards I'm gonna smoke. I'm gonna smoke every single one of them. Is the diabetic Tommy Sabazo gonna be me? I doubt it. I, I highly doubt it. Joe Robbins is like 50 years old. Now, did I choose a group of people that's easy to be? Yes, but that was the confidence in my choosing of that. Like if you took like a seven seven foot Nigerian, then you might you might. I didn't, but I didn't pick that. They're not. <laughs> they're not in. They're not in my circle. You know what I mean? They're 120 pounds, but they're like seven foot what tall. I, what I'm trying to say is, I'm I'm a supreme athlete within our circle, truly. And you guys are just oh, all right. Well, I guess I just I don't it. understand why this. Is coming. <laughs> Lost. I just, I brought it up. No, it just came out because I was running the other day, and I was like, I'm the fastest one out of all my friend group. Truly, uh, I am. Are you with me, Jeremy? I'm lost. I'm well, like Sean L. Could, could you beat Sean L? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. He is kind of spindly. He is a spindly fellow. Yeah. I don't disagree. Anyway, um, are we ready to get into the night's movie? Here we go. Uh, I'm excited for it. It is the uh, the 2005 The Descent, which uh, I'm ex- listen. The Descent is a great movie. Truly, if you've never seen it, it is uh, directed by Neil Marshall, who has another great horror movie under his belt before this, uh, Dog Soldiers. If you've never seen it, one of the better uh, uh, werewolf flicks you can watch out there. You ever seen Dog Soldiers? No? Okay. Um, I have, yes. Yeah, it's a a decent, decent little movie, right? Very, I think it's pretty hilarious i like that he went from an all-male cast in this to going all-female cast in this one uh, mm. but uh no i remember seeing this movie and uh luckily it was one of those movies i saw and uh knew nothing about going into it i was like oh it's a scary cave movie definitely didn't know what happens at about like 45 minutes into this bitch and uh i i truly remember being blown away by this film ultimately um a lot of no-name actresses or at least to me like i don't know most of the people in this movie from other flicks um but overall uh i i think this movie does a great job of making you feel claustrophobic more than anything and uh uh it's it's funny. It's almost like there's three movies in within this movie. Uh, God, Jeremy's fuck. I look down and Jeremy Jeremy's video is fucking up. So I'm, I'm having I'm having convulsions. <laughs> and I was like, I was legit worried you're having a fucking um, seizure right now. By the way, I, I like to uh, 
talk about the movie Pandorum, otherwise as no uh, the descent in space. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. They they are very similar uh, monsters for sure. Although I think this, I mean, they're really all just Nosferatu monsters. Really, I mean, if we're gonna be, if we're gonna take it back to uh, Patient Zero. You don't even need any makeup for uh, William Defoe. William Defoe, yes, I agree. He does would 100% look like a Nosferatu. Um, I like how this movie starts off, though. You get to meet uh, the main character, Sarah, and she goes out and she's like uh, kayaking. They're real outdoorsy folks, um, which, you know, it's fun. Uh, and she's driving back with her husband and kid and catches a final destination in the first minute of the movie where uh, a bunch of pipes fall off the back of a car that she crashes into and it pales both her husband and her child in the opening scene. Uh, definitely. I just want I just want that this was another episode of Miss Mythbusters <laughs> and the, uh, the dorky guy with the with the hat makes make sure that the uh, pipes go through the windshield through the uh, the ginger guy. To, to impale him to try to kill him in every episode of Mythbusters. I remember it. I you know I love that episode of Mythbusters. I, I, call, I call it the the ginger guy. I love the episode of Mythbusters. It was like, do you think bats could be people that lived in a cave? Um, <laughs> and they test that out. No, that's good. It's one of my favorite favorite episodes. And that guy from Mythbusters went on to be uh, Laugh Finder's own Tommy Simbazo, which is important to note um, i also like mist busters mist busters where, where they just try to beat the game mist yeah i like mist <laughs> <laughs> mist busters oh hell yeah so uh uh our our main character sarah is thrust into the uh the thralls of uh of sadness and depression Luckily, uh, her girlfriends get together a year later, and they're like, you know what's going to bust you out of this? Fucking girl trip, you know? You know, you when you've been there, and you're like, I'm down in the dumps. All I need to do is get in with my ladies and go uh, spelunking, and shit's going to be fine again. So uh, Sarah, Sarah does have a series of dreams that starts off like this, where she's having a uh, a birthday cake with her daughter, Um but uh, of course, she always wakes up. And uh, a year later, they head to the mountains. They hang out at the cabin. You meet some of the girls. They're fun. They're spunky. I like to call this the Spice Girls movie that could have been. And uh, everyone is like, it's set up like Power Rangers. They have like literally like nobody is from the same country. There's like one from the Netherlands. There's one from uh, this. They all have rings of power. It's a good time overall oh, I'll tell you what i want what i really really want some tell you what i really want i want some some bats some bats some batmans and then and then uh we'll we'll die and then we'll get some bats and the bats get some bats get some bats get some really 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 want a bats 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 uh I really like the spice girls i do i do like the spice girls because if you wanted to be my lover you had to get with my friends um they're really talented and you also have to marry david beckham if he was a bat that lived in a cave that um, was also a man. My favorite uh, Spice Girls are Paprika and a Red <laughs> I'm Old Bay. That would be great if they added an Old Bay Spice Girl who's just... I'll tell this... you what I want, what I really, really want. i tell you what I want, what I really want. 
I want some menthols. All right, bring them down, dude. Go down to Pimlico and bring me some menthols. That's what I really, really want. Um, so uh, Balmer Spice Girls. <laughs> so, uh, walking your five companions uh, uh, following morning, Juno, who is uh, decides to take them off course and uh, takes the book of caves and just like you know what. We don't really need that. Let's go find her. Let's go find ourselves a real cave, which is, uh, if Jeremy knows, that is our dad is Juno in this movie. Truly, um, somebody who's just like, hey, let's go to a really dangerous place that's off the map and see if we can get into some trouble. Um, the fact that I haven't wound up in a horror movie just living has been pretty remarkable up until now. Okay, Jeremy is now holding up a picture of the lady from Beetlejuice. You know, um, no. what? You know, is her name Juno in in, in Beetlejuice? Yeah, she was also she was one of the first deaths in the Omen, Omen too. Has nothing to do with, <laughs> but her name's Juno. I just the only Juno I remember is that beautiful man Elliot Page getting pregnant in that movie, and. Um, it's just it's one of my favorite flicks. So, um hiking uh hiking into the cave entrance, they encounter a huge carcass of a bull elk as its throat seemingly uh torn out and uh uh all the women except Juno and Holly become hesitant because they're like, "Ah, eh, come on. It's just a fucking it's just a dead elk that looks like it's been mangled by monster. What are you worried about? Stop being such a bitch." Like <laughs> Um, so they, they descend further as daylight vanishes and, uh, Juno lights the way, illuminating the huge cavern of the cave system that they've entered, um, brings them deeper into the cave and it goes, I do know the first time where I start to get really uncomfortable in the movie is where they go through like that one first little passage where it's like only crawling. And I swear these fucking videos, they drive me nuts as well. Like, I can't stand those videos where they're, like, crawling through and, like, breathing so much. He's like, oh, I have to inhale through this part so I can get through. <gasps> and then, like, just squeeze enough to get on through like that. And, like, ah, oh, God. It, it does, like, the way it's shot does make you feel incredibly claustrophobic. Like, you're just being crushed underneath the weight of the rocks within there. And uh, uh, the one lady, uh, Sarah, who is freaking out, eventually they're able to coax her to come out of that hole as uh, just in time before it collapses behind her. Um, overall, a really good tension is seen. Um, oddly enough, none of this movie filmed in a cave at all. Uh, all of this was built uh, a set on England, uh, set in England. And um, uh, one, of the, one of the most famous uh, cavers... Because it was like a hundred years ago, if not longer, uh, he was trapped in a cave in a real tight spot. And they left him, and he died. Yeah, I saw. I know what you're talking about, Jeremy. There was a guy who was crawling through, and um, ended up just getting stuck. I think face down, and they were like, "Yeah, you're stuck." Bye. And I, I, I think his body's still just stuck in there. And I'm like, God, what a horrible, what a absolutely horrible atrocious way to die. They could have helped him like with ropes and everything. He's like, nope, couldn't couldn't help him out. Could you, you know, maybe, you... maybe cut, cut his arms and, and legs off, kind of like uh, 
that that stoner guy in like 187 hours. Yeah, you really you black knight him from uh, Monty Python. That's the way out, right? And then he can still do cigarettes and still work at the carnival. So. Right, right, right. Um, Another one, uh, John Edward Jones. He he got stuck in uh, 2009 in Utah's nutty putty cave. <laughs> it was a nutty putty cave of death. God, so, what a horrible! Imagine dying in the nutty putty cave. <laughs> hey, you want to go to the nutty putty cave? Yeah, you're, that's where you're gonna die. But it's nutty putty. Last I, one. I want. I want to be. I want to be the best person to be shamed. The best person to be shamed, <laughs> Jeremy. I already applied. Sorry, Hell yeah. Of <laughs> sorts. So look, uh-huh. um, when we last left, this bitch got out of the cave barely. Now they're all trapped within the cave. The claustrophobia set in. They have giant glow sticks, which I think is very fun that they brought giant glow sticks in caving, which they actually had to buy from a sex shop. Uh, in uh in england uh apparently i didn't know that you could get giant uh you know predator blood style glow sticks uh, at a sex shop i didn't know that was a thing i i really i really saw did i miss was i'm sorry you didn't miss much of anything we talk we're in the cave now we got into it the cave collapsed behind that bitch right before she got out like she was barely able to crawl through and now they're all stuck in the cave for sure uh somebody somebody did a little cartoon that if if like there's two glow sticks guys in a in a in a in a on an island and then they see a uh, a ship going by the one guy takes the other glow stick and he breaks his neck like a real glow stick. So he holds him over his head. Hell like, yeah. Like Wolver- like like the Hulk breaking Wolverine in half. Like yeah. fucking in twain and drinking him like he's a fucking Coors Light on top of the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. I like that. Um, hey, well, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I like how Jeremy like sometimes your your voice is like on point and then when you get it's funny your excitement level goes with your like your aphasia kicks in the more excited you get I love it it's one of my favorite things because I know when you start like <laughs> like you you start getting real mush mouth I was like he's got something good he's got a fucking banger on I like it. Isn't that the old adage? She's like, you either you live long enough to interview the whack pack or become one of them. I think that's what Batman I, said. I just want to crawl on the ground like a Ricky Berwick, but I don't really have like a like a a problem. <laughs> so uh, the group comes uh, uh, across the enormous precipice that they have to get across. Are, what's your favorite precipice, Jeremy? precipice yeah i don't know i just i was just proud that i read the word precipice without fucking it up because i have the mind of a child like that alice cooper song like when you have no principles yeah Yeah. no principles or precipice uh like uh, that's the most amazing thing about star wars is there's no handrails (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that why I like it. They can make a star that can blow up a world, but they can't put in 
one. I like that the Empire's main platform is like, we're not going to deal with OSHA standards. The one thing we will do away with is OSHA. You're allowed to put ladders on top of ladders if you'd like, as long as the work is done. Um, that was my, my favorite bit. <laughs> my favorite local band is Precipice Nipple. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a deep cut from our old, old, dead to us, Kim Ambrose, R.I.P. Um, that fucking bitch. No, I'm just kidding. She's great. I love her to death. <laughs> so, Jesus, God. <laughs> so I do like this little precipice scene where they have to go across. And like, first of all, this bitch is free climbing in like the groove and sticking things in like that as they slowly get across. They also don't have enough ropes because of the collapse. And they finally are able to get across. And the one chick is like, no, I got to take these clips out. We're going to need them later. And as the one Asian lady, Juno, is making her way across, she slips. And God, I don't know why. Like, First of all, the violence in this movie top-notch great violence but the thing that makes me cringe the most is the rope burn where her her hands get cut open as she's holding like and fucking buzzsaw through her palms i'm like no 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 uh anybody who's got a rope burn knows that feeling so well and seeing it happen in this movie where blood is just squirting out i I was appalled i got rope burn this week so i hundred percent know how'd you get rope burn uh, that dog that pulled me down the steps. Oh shit! I forgot. I forgot about that. You mentioned yeah. that the other day when I you saw should, you at the show. You should see my back. It looks like the state of Florida. Um, the way the blood is pulling. Ashley pulled up her the back of her shirt at the show, and she showed us, and she looked like a banana that was ten days <laughs> overripe. Um, just Eric, black don't spots talk about what people have to pay to see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hashtag OnlyFans Banana Ham Hock. Um, mm. Check that out. <laughs> mm. How about banana bread? Because I also have a yeast infection. <laughs> My favorite video of the week was uh, Grandma with a Walker. And as soon as <laughs> he gives like a, a frisbee, the dog takes off after the the frisbee. <gasps> the woman's arm off. But still funny. So that was not what I I foresaw you telling us, Jeremy, when you said grandma with a walker, and I'm like, you mean two people died in a fiery car accident? That's that's the new Fast and Furious movie. Just Paul Walker's corpse dying again, but with an old lady in the car this time. If only they re replaced him with walking, so Paul Christopher for walking. Oh, thank you, my dear. My sweet wife. Oh, that I burped into the Uh, fucking mic. I couldn't be any grosser. Sorry. You was on the radio. (laughs) Stop. Leave me alone. All right. So, look, um, she brought me a drink. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Only the good ones. Those fucking shit ones get fucked. So, um, as the six women move on, we come across some Native American uh, uh, scribblings within the cave, which I like that they add this element of um, the idea that possibly the monsters that we're going to run into are actually like a tribe that got caught down there and then like slowly fucked each other over the years to become bat people. I like that that's uh, kind of 
I believe what they're trying to say, right? Like they're they're trying to say there's a bunch of people that got caught down here and evolved into bat people that didn't need eyes anymore. Which is hard to follow. I honestly, it took me several watches to understand that part of the movie. I have to say this, that theory is probably one of my least favorites of the movie. I just think it's, it's a little bit of a stretch and it seems odd yeah i i i see what you're saying um i mean they always they, they do talk about later when they get everybody mm-hmm. together that they you know, like it looks like they've been down here a long time and they might be people that evolved to live perfectly underground uh almost as if they were on a spaceship for millions of years and couldn't couldn't get off and uh i like that this is what we evolve into in two different movies are weird blindless sightless uh white skinned look like we'd go to a tool concert monsters um and i I, i'm you know what i'm with it if i could get that kind of body right now for and be blind i would take it okay i wouldn't be able to see what it looked like which would also just be just blind yourself and you'll be fine eric um i've already got the fish smelt (laughs) i want i want the female version of brian james he's like hey i think their name is batty half bat half man also be really bad here if it was purple lightning yeah nobody likes purple lightning so uh she uh uh as they go to go forward you get to see our first little uh crazy guy who's hiding uh in the background um uh they call them crawlers in this movie at least in the uh in the notes uh uh but when it's time to continue holly runs in front she sees what appears to be daylight but is actually just a uh just a a, a rock and she pushes it even more despite that her lag they snapped they fall uh oh yeah that one bitch falls down the hole that one part and snaps her leg uh it's where really it's where business really starts to pick up is when that lady falls down the hole and her bone is full joe thiesmond out of her skin and they're like hey don't worry we're gonna fix this and they're like and just shove it back into place they're like it's okay we got a pickaxe we'll tie to your fucking leg you'll be fine um uh I do uh, one of the called it Joe Theismann. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh the I mentioned Joe Theismann. So um no, he the he's saying thigh Theismann. Oh, oh that Joe was his right, Jeremy? Or no. <laughs> so um the I do like that the uh the actresses that were hired here uh referred to themselves in this movie as chicks with picks. Uh, which I thought is a very fun name to call yourself um, because they have the little climbing picks. It's fun. Um, so they, uh, they they strap her up. They're like, come on, we'll bring you along. We won't just leave you behind or maybe stab you in the neck with a pickaxe. What lady would do that to another lady? Nuts. Um, so uh, as, they, as they keep moving, the three, they, they don't believe uh, the creature at all, including... Uh, they find a way out of the cave. Uh, oh, they find that one guy's helmet, uh, which is like a 1920s. They also found one in the little precipice that they had to close. There was like, oh, there's a whole. That looks like an old piece of climbing equipment. Hope nobody ever got stuck down here. Um, uh, Sarah does see the grotesque creature in the distance where you get to see him just kind of like drinking his water. And she pulls like a full like white lady who sees a black person for the first time. Like, oh, my God, what is that? Um, 
which Jeremy got a good laugh out of, and we have fun. So the um, the the creature, including the limping Holly, move forward. Uh, they get to a part of the cave where there's three tunnels, and uh, they don't know really which way to go down. It's very dark, and Holly's night vision camera is used to make out the surroundings. Apparently, the floor is littered with animal bones. A blood-curdling noise is heard, frightening the women. Suddenly, a grotesque creature Sarah had seen in the camera standing right next to women. And this whole scene is really great because I like I like when like for there was this thing in like the late nineties, early two thousands where like Night vision is the fucking coolest thing you could ever look at anything, mm-hmm. which is also the scariest thing. Because if you've really, if you ever had a night vision camera before, like that green night vision shit, um, it shows your veins a lot, and it's very mm-hmm. unsettling. Because I saw, like, it put this thing in my head for a while. I think it's it, it, this is this is me being vulnerable with you, both of you, to be clear. Okay, I saw, um night vision titties when I was in an impressionable age and I didn't like the way that veins showed up in it and it made me scared of tits for a little while truly and and that's just me I became an ass hip man that day um, because of night vision is that because of veinytits.com I don't like shut up don't even say the words veiny tits every time ugh, it's a, I don't I hate I don't it ruined it. It ruined it for me. So night vision is always scary to look at things, but I do like the, how they pan over and the monster's like right there, like, it's, perfect. It's weird though, Jeremy, because I've never heard Eric complain about veiny cocks. Yeah, of course. They're supposed to have veins. I mean, <laughs> they're supposed to. <laughs> they're, what do you think titties like? No, they're no blood at all. <laughs> perfect flackened skin or ebony or whatever color you are. You mean you think it's weird to have like that blue vein on really big tits going down? I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like seeing it. It bothers me. You know, if you ladies could fix that, I'd appreciate it. (laughs) 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 No, there's something about seeing like I don't notice it until it's in green. If it's in that green black light, it's like pronounced and it looks just it, I, I, it turns from something that I find sexualized to immediate Resident Evil in my mind, and I can't turn it off. And yeah. I, I, it is what it is. I'll just be okay. a weirdo, okay? Okay. I'll just. I be mean, weird. I think night vision is super helpful. Had we used it earlier, we might have caught that blood clot in Jeremy's brain. <laughs> Just watch this dime, this golf ball size clot. Just go. It's, is this bad? It's like, it's like it's. Do you remember playing Worm on like your Nokia phone? Yeah. And it would just go. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, uh, they, as they keep going, the group starts to panic. They see this monster, and uh, the Sarah shortly loses her footing while she falls down another pit, knocking her unconscious. The creature bites. In the throat, killing her. Juno begins to get into a tug of war with the hideous beast over uh, Holly's body. When the creature confronts Juno, she slashes at it. She gets at it a little bit with the pickaxe, and then uh, I think it eventually like hits it once. And then she thinks she's under attack, and she turns around and fucking sinks the pickaxe into the other girl's Beth 
Jack's fucking neck like this. And that is like a real shock moment of like, oh shit, this bitch just killed one of her own. And this is like poking through her neck like, oh, that sucked up. That fucking sucks. I don't like that. And uh, when uh, Will Ferrell says, hey, you got a pickaxe in your neck. Hey, you got a fucking, you got a fucking pickaxe in your neck. Uh, I did. And I, I also like that Juno is so freaked out. She's like, okay, you're good, right? You're good. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave now. I'm going to leave. Are you, I think you're going to be good. Are you good now? And then she just leaves her there, uh, which I, I find is strong. She does steal Juno's little necklace, though, which is important as we as we move through the story here. Uh, but uh, I didn't think, like, her, uh, what she did, like, so Juno, if you look at her as a character, right, right now, I don't think what she did was particularly wrong. It's clearly an accident. She could have stayed there and maybe helped her a little bit. But like, if I saw like that, I'd accidentally stab somebody through all the way the neck. I probably would have had the common decency to kill them the rest of the way. But I also wouldn't have thought like, oh god, like I fucked up. I'm like, did you see what the fuck just happened there? Like, this is a well, friendly fire thing. But it's also incredibly convenient, as we know in the story that. This is the one person that knows Juno's secret. Yeah, the one person who knows Juno's secret. So, um, as it as we move on through there, uh, some shit gets real. Um, she grabs Juno's neck necklace. Beth collapses into a pool of her own blood and pleads with Juno to help her. But a shocked Juno backs away. But she does find the other two friends. So she's like, oh, cool. Glad I found you. Is everybody else? Uh, they're fucking super dead. <laughs> anyway, let's get our way out of here. And uh, you, Holly is uh, using the night vision camera to see. Sarah watches the horror of several creatures yelping like hyenas as uh making clicking no noises and echoing like bats ravenously devour holly uh gagging at the sight sarah causes one of the creatures to become aware of her presence uh coming within inches of sarah's face and i like how drooly he looks like he's really got he's got a good like it's like a good solid like something about mary come you know what i mean like you know what i'm talking like where where it's like it's you know it's hot glue and it has wet on top of it but like there's a solid underneath it i really i love the goo in this movie it's important it's like to watch sort of, it looks like some secreted resin but what but- <laughs> So the the creatures, though, descend from the feeding pit after they hear some noises and uh, uh, they luckily don't uh, eat Sarah alive. And uh, there's a couple other like really awkward scares in here, like Sam and Rebecca, who are like hugging up against one another. And one of them just comes like right over top of them. And like it's a good tense moment. The thing gets away and then her fucking alarm clock goes off on her watch and she has to chuck her watch like that. And they're like, oh, this is a Timex as they find the watch. Like it's fucking I wanted a Casio watch with a calculator, uh, <laughs> which is what all. All monsters truly want. Um, but uh, Juno then, uh, as uh, the creature tries to maul Rebecca and Sam, uh, frozen with fear, Juno appears and stabs the creature through the skull with a pickaxe, killing it. Juno confirms 
that the creatures are totally blind and instead rely on sound to hunt. Um, aren't, aren't, aren't two of the uh, characters, Rebecca and Sam, are from, like, Cheers? Yes, yes. This is, <laughs> they are like, when we get back to Ted Danson after this is all over, I hope we get buried up to our necks in sand and drowned by Leslie Nielsen. Um, so... Everybody loves to cave, dude. <laughs> um, Sarah then runs across Beth, who was the lady who got stabbed in the neck earlier, and uh, Beth, who's now in like the feeding room, which I love. Like this feeding pit that's just endless meat chunks of like. I love that these animals are like we eat so much, we just got a fucking meat dish pile and it's just a never-ending stew of fucking carcasses that we bring down here and that all drains into a big bloodbath, which you'll see soon because that's how you stay young. You gotta bathe in blood constantly. Otherwise, oh, oh, Jeremy, your animation there looks so good for a minute. I'm glad it's done now. But you you had this you had a animation. So Jeremy's uh, listeners, Jeremy's anime like video feed sometimes fucks up and like will skip and it just looked like he was sucking the microphone's dick for like a straight like 25 seconds. It's almost impossible to do the podcast. Um <laughs> so uh the uh, Sarah does uh, run into a small childlike creature after she sees Beth, who basically Beth is like, hey, don't trust Juno. She's a bitch. She stabbed me in the neck. Also, I have her thing that proves that I ripped this off of her at the last second. Take this with you. Boom. And um, the childlike creature appears and Sarah attacks Sarah, jumping on her back. Sarah smashes the small creature into the cave roof and flips it onto the floor, killing it. The moments another creature appears. This is the female one with the nice rack um, and well, distinct breasts. <laughs> well, the the necklace was not only proof of what Juno had done to her, but it was who the necklace came from. It was proof that Juno was cheating with her husband. Mm, fucked your dead husband before mm-hmm. he was dead. To be clear, before he was dead. <laughs> Just to be to be honest with you, not after he was. I didn't dig him up and fuck his dead corpse. I need you to know that she fucked him in real life. Um, so, and what happened to the kid? He died. The kid. The kid just died. Got caught a fucking copper pipe to the eye socket. Yeah, the husband and the daughter died in the car accident. Okay, I I missed that part. Yeah. Yeah, that happens in the first scene of the movie. So well, you, you saw that the pipe went through the windshield. It didn't see it through the through the. Kid. Oh yeah, it spikes spikes the dad for sure, and it it, it assumes that the kid also got it. Yeah, because when she wakes up in the hospital, our main like character, they tell her that her daughter didn't make it. Because they don't really show kids getting murdered too often <laughs> in know, movies. Boo. They always imply it, and I don't like it. They really the only movie I can I, I can honestly think of where you see a kid actually get murdered is fucking uh, Hereditary when that chick's head gets folded back in the car. Oh, well, what about Pet Cemetery? Yeah, it's close. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. It's dark. You, you, you get to see that. I, I will, you know, I'll it's admit, fun. That's They're close both enough. 
they're both similar. They're both car related. Send in your kid deaths to us and see why we're wrong. How many kid deaths in horror movies or or otherwise? And I mean, I want it to be graphic. I don't want it to be implied because this one was implied that the thing went through her. The close it's close enough in Pet Cemetery where they cut, 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 and then you're like, brr, and you see his face like, yeah, that bitch is motherfucking dead. Um, and we want to know graphic children deaths in movies, please. Yeah, share we'll do them a VH1 pop up video for kid deaths. If you send us anything about a fucking Chesnian film or whatever, we, we're not going to hear it, okay? But anything else, um, we're in. So, uh, I, I, she gets pinned down and goes into the giant pond of blood, um, which is a good band name. We should like pond of blood is a really, I feel like a good metal band name because it has something nice, but also blood in it. Um, it feels like a puddle of mud cover band. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sarah manages to reach a nearby jagged bone and stabs the female creature through the face killing her a male one arrives and then like actually puts her hand i like so so this is the thing that bothers me about the movie truly okay the part where she's like oh i gotta be quiet there's a male one here and the male one okay i get that they can't see but like they can hear yeah and they have a sense of feel for sure the Mm. monster puts his hand right on top of her face and he's just like just a rock like, he doesn't even notice yeah. that, like, as he's walking by, he's like, it's clearly, this is one of them soft face rocks that I'm used to feeling down in the meat room. And do, uh, do you think he just assumed, though, that she was a corpse, like something he'd already eaten or killed? I, okay. I So I thought I about know. it, but, like, I feel like when you touch something that warm in a cave, like, it's immediately, like, not everything could be uncaved temperature right like caves are like kind of chilly and like you put your face on some piece of warm you're like oh if anything if i was the guy i'm like you know what i'm kind of hungry oh a fresh one like i think i think fresh meal down here if anything okay but for the for the sake of the movie uh it doesn't happen and she beats this thing to fucking death with a bone so uh (laughs) it rules i like how squishy these things are like they're scary Mm -hmm. and they can rip you apart but also you're like one good shot with like something metal and they're just like ah my fucking old skulls caved in uh i do like that about that they're like jellyfish yeah yeah it's like fighting an army of jello jigglers Uh, (laughs) so with teeth that will maul you um so Juno, Rebecca, and Sam hear Sarah scream as she's killed all these people. She's covered in blood, really having a fucking time right now uh, as she's delved into her own madness. Uh, but uh, they, the three of them run off down the tunnel. Sam takes the lead and comes to another precipice, though she knows that she has too short of a rope. Uh, she basically climbs across, and I don't understand this. I feel like this is like you need to know too much about climbing for this to make sense. Does that, you know what I mean? Like, I get that, like, climbers, they go and then they put little stakes in. So if you fall, you're at this little part. And she's like, I don't have enough rope to make it. Well, what the fuck are you going to do? Then you climb the rest of the way. I don't understand how, like, 
okay, you can just climb longer and then you have a thing that comes further back that is, that saves you. I, I don't get it. But anyway, what happens is, is that as they're climbing across, they're like, you ain't got enough rope. And then they're like, also, there's a monster that's about to kill you. <laughs> and then it's like, why was the rope necessary at any part to be like, oh, you didn't have enough? If she had enough yeah. rope, the monster would have, motherfucker, no. She could have just climbed across. The monster was the problem. And uh, she goes buck, though. I like how hard she goes, though, because like the monster comes down, slashes her neck, and she's like, uh-uh, not on my watch. Luckily, I pulled out this buck knife. I'm going to fucking stab this thing in the jugular and take it down to the floor with me. That's forethinking, and that's what a good friend does. Like, first of all, if it's me, it's not ever going to be me because I'm not a climber. Um, there has to be a different situation. But if there's a monster situation where I've been mortally wounded and to save both of you, I do it. I do it in a heartbeat. I do it. It has to happen in exactly one heartbeat. I want to do it, though, with, like, propane tank and, like, the gun as I'm, like, getting bit and, like, like blow us up. Probably not buoy knife in mountain climbing, uh, but I do that. That's a sign of a good friend, though, I think. Eric, you can edit this out. Please forgive me. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I just sneezed into my hand because I was like, I'm going to laugh too. Okay. When you said I'm not a climber, my first thought was, I mean, you mean physical or social climbing? Because you definitely do one of those. <laughs> I do. I, I'm a decent. <laughs> Sorry. Please. I didn't think that. I didn't think it needed to be edited. I could take that. Um, okay. So Juno, Rebecca, Sam hear Sarah scream. Um, I already went over that. Juno lands in a large pool of uh, blood and water at the bottom. Uh, oh yeah, Juno ends up living, but uh, the other the other bitch gets fucking killed. Whatever. Uh, the pursuing creatures that arrive pull off the other one. Somehow Juno gets away after all this precipice thing, and she falls into like a clear pool of water. Um, and uh and and it makes it juno lands in that in that thing um she does have to kill one creature underwater which is fun she climbs up the slippery walls but loses her grip begins to fall suddenly a hand grabs her pulling her turns out to be sarah hey sarah just covered in blood hey good to see you hope everything's gone she immediately questions her like hey what's going on how's how's beth doing she's dead did you see her die she goes yeah we checked our lie detectors. We found out that is a lie. Oh, shit. He was fucking your husband. So um, after that, though, that they, they're still dependent on each other because they're the only two left. So even though there's a cantankerous relationship that's happening, they have to find a way out to freedom. And as they do, they think they found light. And as they find the light, there's three of those fucking things that are out there. And uh, they have Mortal Kombat with them. They're able to defeat these monsters in epic fashion. I love how fucking gory it is. Sarah does the old eye poke in the uh, in the monster's eyes. There's another one that gets beamed in the leg. All types of fucking gore here. And then Sarah pulls a fucking big one and then pickaxes uh, Juno in the leg chop saying... Get fucked, bitch. I'm seeing you later. 
and uh, she's able to escape as Juno is implied that she's being uh, closed in on by a hundred, like it looks like like 10 or 15 of these things that are crawling up on her, blah, blah, blah. And uh, as Sarah crawls to safety, she gets out, she gets in her Ford Bronco and runs away like she's just murdered Anna Nicole Simpson. And, um, that is the original ending to the movie for the American side. Although the, the ending that, uh, the, the director made is actually shows her waking up from that and just still being stuck in the fucking cave, having a birthday cake dinner, which is a better ending. Truly. I like it that she's stuck in the cave, still just losing her fucking mind. Like, yeah, I'm here with my daughter. It's good. We're fine. Everything's good. Uh, which brings us to an end. Of The Descent. Um, The Descent, though, did have a sequel, and I like it. It has a direct sequel that picks up right where this left off, which picks up with the American ending of her actually getting out, going back. And uh, Juno has somehow um, not only become a badass, but also learned how to do karate in the cave. Uh, It is a fun movie. I highly recommend it as a sequel and definitely loved it. Um... Ashley, your final thoughts on The Descent. Um, It's a great movie. It's so hard for me to have anything pithy or shitty to say about it because I actually really like uh, the movie. I mean, truly, the only Descent I know is The Descent into Madness. Oh, shit. And Jeremy, your final thoughts on The Descent. Uh, Definitely much better for the uh, English version. And, um... Uh, Oh... Oh, I had to clear my throat. Let me clear his throat. Jeremy, more burping. That's what I want. Uh, 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 I'm working on a model because I need to... Jeremy, have you ever thought about belching openly into the uh, microphone so I can hear it? I'd like to know what you ate beforehand. (laughs) Jeremy, did you have any deviled eggs before you burped? Because you know that's how the devil gets into you if you Uh, you eat the deviled eggs. Final thoughts, thoughts of the it's descent. This is actually the Morlocks, and they um, eventually um, become bat people because they all, all play uh, Xbox all the time. True that. They'll have um, a cable TV. So. Good, good. And I, I personally love the movie The Descent. I think it's a fun time. It's always good. You should check it out if you've never watched it. The gore, the, the the tension. If I were to say if it's anything, it's like if you took the Texas Chainsaw Massacre's building with fucking Evil Dead level horror and a score that kind of sounds like John Carpenter, that's the descent in a nutshell. Um, catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. But Ashley, where can people find you at? Um, you can find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs. You can catch me at Church of Satire this Wednesday and Fratelli's on Friday. Hell yeah. And that's fucking Fratelli's. Hell yeah. Home of the Goonies. All right. Check her out. Jeremy, take us out of here. Lucky is fun.